Three, two, one. Welcome to the Ecclesia podcast. I hope all of you are having a great day today, and I cannot wait to get into this second part of the Unrevealed series. So on part one of this series, I discussed how sometimes God does not reveal everything to us and that we can only see a small part of the big plan. And while the idea that I'm talking about is very similar to that idea, it's also a little bit different and I think it's just as important to hear, especially when we're looking at God's plans for our lives. What I'm going to be talking about today is how do we respond when we know the ending of a plan that God has revealed to us? Maybe it's being a teacher to somebody. Maybe it's being a minister. Maybe it's being a missionary overseas or somewhere. And you know the ending of the plan. And yet sometimes it just seems like something's missing from it. Or something's gone wrong with it. And I'll be honest, this has happened more times in my life than I can remember. I feel like God has set a plan in my life and then I just have to jump hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. And I begin to ask God, how do some of these things relate to your plan? When I struggle with this idea, I'm reminded of Abraham and his story. Now, the first time we see Abraham, who at that time was named Abram, is in Genesis 12. And right off the back, we see God showing Abraham his plan and exactly what he's going to do through him. Genesis 12 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now reading this, I get two things out of it. The first thing I get out of it is that God is telling Abram right off the bat what his plan is. What is the end goal? God tells Abraham, he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Your name will be great. All of those things that he's talking about. He is telling Abraham the end goal of his plan. And the other thing he says is the first step that he wants him to take to that plan. And for many of us, this could just seem really confusing and we could really start to question it. At the very beginning, it says the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I show you. And when I read that, I just, it's crazy to me because you don't think that Especially in our time, we don't think that leaving everything, the security blanket that we have in our family, just leaving it is a smart idea. And that would have been even more insane to think about in Abram's time. You see, when God was telling Abram to leave all of it, it was considered really dangerous because back in that time, if you would have left your family, you could have considered yourself dead. I mean, it was a harsh environment, as well as the people in the surrounding areas were very harsh as well. And Abram, even though God had made him a promise, was probably wondering, why, God? Why do you want it done this way? Why can't you just build my family here? And then 
when we have that nation that can protect themselves, then they can go to the land that you are promising. Now, moving on through Abraham's life, we see the plan God has made for him got even stranger. In Genesis 15, Abram is starting to doubt God's plan. Genesis 15 says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer from Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. You see, God laid out a plan. He showed Abram how the ending of that plan was going to go. But he didn't tell him how he was going to get there. Abram was probably really confused at this point. And at the beginning of Genesis 12, we see that Abram is doubting, thinking, how can God create a nation out of me when I still have no children? And right after this, in chapter 16, we see Sarai, who is his wife, who would eventually become known as Sarah. She's not trusting that God will deliver him a child either. Genesis 16 says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. Abram and Sarah knew the covenant that God had given to them. Again, God told them that Abram's offspring would be like the stars in the sky. Remember God's promise with Abram? He said he was going to give him a child. And you have to be thinking that Abram was looking around saying, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not seeing it. You're telling me the final step in your plan, but I don't know how I get there. But here's something that we have to remember. God never forgets his promises. God didn't forget what he told Abram. In Genesis 21, God gave Abram, who was now Abraham, what he promised him. Genesis 21 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abram gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abram circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abram was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? And yet I have borne him a son in his old age. 
See, God never forgot about his promise. He gave Abraham the son that he promised him. And I honestly could stop talking right here because that's what I'm trying to get at. That proves that even when we don't understand how God's plan is going to work, how he tells us the end goal, he know, we know what we're going to do eventually, but we don't see how we get there. God will always provide. God's plan is perfect and he's always going to provide for us. And while that's correct, that's not where I want to end. If we read on to the next chapter, we see that God asks Abraham to do something that saddened him and honestly probably confused him. In Genesis 22, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Mori. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now hang on a second. God finally gave Abraham what he promised him, and now he's just wanting to take it back? That wasn't a part of God's plan. He was supposed to have descendants as numerous as the stars. How can that happen without Isaac? But Abraham did as the Lord told him to do. Genesis 22 verse 3 says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abram took the wood from the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb from the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You see, God wanted to see how much Abraham trusted him. And Abraham did. He trusted in what God told him to do, even if it meant giving up his only son. Abraham knew the promise God had given to him was going to be fulfilled through Isaac. So for God to ask Abraham to sacrifice his child, he had to be thinking, how does getting rid of my only child bring me a nation as numerous as the stars? It appeared like God had given up on the plan and the promise that he told Abraham about in Genesis 15, but he never forgot about it. He was just leading Abraham down a path that was not expected. When you're in life and God sets a plan in your life and you're just so excited, it seems you like 
you know how everything is going to work out. And then something happens and you're left confused with a lot of questions. Remember this story. Remember the promise God gave Abraham. I don't think Abraham was expecting to leave his family and everything behind. And he thought that he would never have a child, but God gave him a son and promised him land for a nation. And I can guarantee that Abraham would is not expecting to have to sacrifice Isaac. But all of it was part of God's plan. Remember that. Even if you don't understand how it fits in with everything, or it just feels like something isn't supposed to be like that, or something's missing, everything is a part of God's plan for us. One of my favorite shows that I've watched is Daredevil, and it's about a blind man who can see through his senses and he becomes a superhero. And I remember watching the last episode, and Matt Murdock, who's Daredevil, said something that I was amazed by. Now in the unrevealed part one, I talked about how God is creating a beautiful picture with the things he's doing through us. And while we may see just one piece of the puzzle, God sees the whole thing. And this quote is very similar to that, but it's a little bit different. And I think it's really important. The quote is, God's plan is like a beautiful tapestry. And the tragedy of being human is that we only get to see it from the back. With all the ragged threads and the muddy colors, we only get a hint at the true beauty of what would be revealed if we could just see the whole pattern on the other side as God does. The reason why this quote struck a chord with me is because while the analogy of the puzzle in the puzzle piece shows that we can't see the whole picture, we can still see the path right in front of us. But when we're looking at the analogy of the tapestry, it shows that sometimes we can see the whole picture we can see everything that God wants to do with us. We can see the final product. But we don't see how everything fits. Maybe we're asking ourselves, why am I doing this? Maybe we're saying this shouldn't be a part of the plan. Just like when we look at the back of the tapestry, if we know what it's supposed to be a picture of, but it doesn't look like it, it can confuse us saying something went wrong. But again, just like the tapestry, if we could just turn it around, if we could just see everything God sees, we would be revealed to the amazement of what he has done and is doing. Now, sadly, we can't see what God sees, but there is someone who can. And as weird as it sounds that someone is God, and we can trust that God is in control and he's not gonna lead us astray. He has a plan for our lives. And if we can trust him in that, I encourage that even through things that don't make sense, I encourage that you trust God because even through the unrevealed, God can be trusted. This has been the Ecclesia Podcast, signing off.